Welcome to the Reading Aloud podcast, a place where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication are explored in real time by a real couple. That's us. And a baby. (laughs) Enjoy. All right. So it's cold and rainy. And um, it's Sunday morning at what time? It's Sunday at 8.29 a.m. We have three windows a day to record a podcast. <laughs> the first nap of the day, which starts between like 7.30 a.m. and yeah, 9 a.m. little buggers waking up too early. So that's one opportunity. Then we have the middle of the day, which sometimes those naps last 20 minutes. Sometimes they last two hours. So And also it's the middle of the day, so sometimes we're out. And then we have the end of the day, which is basically like a fight nap. Not really an option. Yeah. Yeah. A fight fight nap. Oh, is that like he naps and we fight or what? (laughs) That's when we should turn on the podcast. That's the first rule of fight nap. You don't talk about (laughs) fight nap. No, that he fights the nap. (laughs) Okay. I first want to apologize to our audience and to you. Last night, you had come home, and I said to you, hey, I have a topic for a podcast tonight. I really want to, you know, record one. And Which, for the record, always excites me. Yeah. Because I I always, it's like I often have a topic, and I love recording the podcast. Yeah, and- right. So you were excited. I was, I was excited because I'd been thinking about it all day. Then we, we put Neo down. We were exiting the room and you said, hey, do you want to record that podcast now? And I'm like, this is fight nap time. And you no, I didn't really say that. But in all seriousness, in that moment, I don't know. I just didn't feel it in that moment. And that was completely the wrong decision. And we didn't record a podcast that night. And then it kind of caused some tizzy. And I apologize for that. I should have. You said in one of our previous podcasts, recording podcasts is a lot like sex. If you have a motivation to do it, you should just do it. Don't wait on it. And I think that was very wise. And I miss that opportunity. And so here we are recording now. But I'm sorry about that. Thanks, babe. I appreciate it. So I was having a conversation with a really good friend of mine the other day. And we were talking about him trying to find a partner. And how he needed to show up in this space to both feel worthy of finding a partner because he was he was looking for somebody who was, I think, really spectacular. And he's drawn to people who are really out there and loud and leaders and he himself wants to be a leader. So we were talking about that, how he navigates that, how he navigates wanting to be with a really outward person facing person or a person who's has a big personality i I, I think spectacular is a great description spectacular and also be spectacular himself and then to find that balance he wants to yeah he wants to like meet at that place yeah which which i think are some similarities with us you know i think that both of us have kind of our own unique spectacular aspects to us but we also ride different lines so i just kind of first off wanted to get your thoughts on that there is something you've talked about before but i'm not going to bring it up right now i want to get i want to get your thoughts on that just initially on that honestly i start with the question like what did you tell him you're asking me yeah i'm i'm asking you of like how you think that is i think well, first and foremost, I would say there's a couple different things. Number one is that I was reminding him that he is worthy of a person like that. And how do you know that? Well, because I know him. And 
I think people are just worthy. I don't know. That's a hard question to answer. People are just worthy. Yeah. People are worthy. And what I was saying to him is spectacular people want to be with spectacular people. It can be difficult to be with a spectacular person because they take up a lot of space, because they know what they want, because they're, you know, they're very direction oriented. And when they get off their path, it's very difficult for them. And so that's hard for their partner. But at the same time, they want that partner to also be spectacular listeners i i need you to just keep reading between the lines here like it's like (laughs) there's a lot of there's a lot of like they and as if this is like some other (laughs) relationship but it's you know i mean but it is also our relationship that's what i was saying like there is a lot of similarities between our relationship well that's what i'm saying is that we should just be saying like this is my experience is it can be really hard to be in relationship with you when blah 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 but it's also true for other spectacular people i hear what you're saying just making a joke yeah (laughs) that people are like oh we're talking about us yeah subtle non-subtle non-subtle subtle (laughs) so that's that was the first kind of thing that i gave him was like the spectacular people want to be with spectacular people i think that you have to know your worth because what you know, what I always talk about, and maybe you weren't wanting me to go here, but is about this energetic matching, is that I distinctly remember in my 20s, a mentor of mine handing me a yoga ball. And are, is this what you were expecting me to say? Uh, No. Okay. I don't I don't think I you might get there, but no. Okay. Well handing me a yoga because I was in a relationship and we were talking about whether or not it was working and, and why it may or may not have been working and it wasn't working and she puts this yoga ball between us and she, she wanted me to literally feel what it would feel like to be in relationship to another person that had the same kind of energetic strength as me and she demonstrated like what it looks like to be pushed over so if I were to be with somebody who was overly dominant over me and then she demonstrated what it was like if I pushed the other person over so she became kind of passive in the pushing of the yoga ball and you know, that doesn't feel good. And that that personally has been my experience because I fall into the category of spectacular people. And I have also dated kind of energetically less spectacular people in my life at times, not always, but at times. And, you know, pushing them over, dominating them, being the, do- the, per- the dominant person. And then when I met you, she had also then demonstrated what it was like to just kind of have this equal pushing. And that's what it felt like when I met you. And I really valued that what was almost like eight years earlier, I had been shown what it would look like to find you. Mm. And to that point, everybody has their own energetic push. So it's not right. actually... There's no formula. Well, there's, yeah, there's no like everybody has to be spectacular. It's like people can be anything. You're just looking for that equal match. I love it. I love it. I mean, that's, those are such wise words. And I think that exercise is really cool. Maybe we could recreate it as like a tune in and, and see where it takes us. So I love that idea. So I'm super happy to talk about kind of like our energetic push and pull. And I guess I'll give a little bit of disclaimer here. I think this was based off the conversation that I was having yesterday. 
But I just want to say to our audience, it's a little heteronormative. Um, you know, we're kind of using men and women. And I think that this can also – so I am going to talk in that language. But, like, I think this can also be clear for across the gender spectrum in terms of the type of people. But you've often talked about an image of men surrounding women and, like, holding space for them. I just had this thought yesterday of, like, they're this creative expression of themselves twirling in dresses and scarves and very colorful and flowing. And the men kind of, like, around and holding space. And what's interesting, and this came up to me when my friend was giving an example of a couple that he saw running a retreat, let's call it, and that the woman was leading, but like the guy was there just holding space and you could feel the energies matching each other, this push-pull that you're talking about. Which I just want to say, just interesting when somebody is standing, leading, and someone else is sitting, but there's still an energetic match between the two. And where my mind went yesterday, you know, us and this energetic match. So I started to rate that a little bit to the men's work that I am doing and helping men find their role in the modern world. found it interesting that that scenario, so just that image of the men holding space and the women dancing their creative dance in the middle is kind of a difficult one for a lot of men to realize in their own lives because for generations we have placed men in the center and the women kind of creating the space and for me it was like this a little bit of an aha moment of i love that image that you painted but at the same time, that feels like a new definition of strength and masculinity or a masculine energy. It's still this strong protector kind of thing, but it's not the center of attention. It's not the center of things. That's just kind of what was playing in my mind yesterday and what I wanted to bring up today. So here's why it's important that we're talking in the men, women, or masculine, feminine, because as a heteronormative couple, we live in a patriarchal society. So this is going to be different for queer relationships, for folks who are non-binary. This is going to be different. So I want to talk about just briefly how it's applicable there, just briefly, which is that in any scenario, are there ways for us to hold space for our partner's greatness? And when we do that, can we do it in a way that's not a power struggle? Can we do it in a way that is a, like when you need to rise, Adam, can I have quiet strength for you? Can I hold peace and calm and grounding? Can I be the earth to your fire or the earth to your air or whatever it is that you need? But like most often I would say that the person is holding strength and grounding. So earth element around the person who is rising and why it's important that we're talking about it in like masculine feminine is because of the patriarchy. Men have always been the risers. They've always been at the center. They've always been lifted up and supported by the women. And in addition, that work that the woman has done has not been valued. It just doesn't have any value. It's never been paid for. if, If men see themselves in that role, they see it as invaluable work, which is not true. Right. And what the woman is doing, which is how it even happens that, you know, because it's a partnership, it's not a single person's experience is that whatever the role that woman is playing in a very traditional sense is I mean, there's no pay for it. There's no credit for it. There's a lot of expectation that it's going to happen. And, you know, I think that women have become very skilled over time in holding space for others and they do it for their friends as well. 
space holders. And so I think that there is a lesson for a lot of men into how to be a space holder in a way that is a feminist approach and counter to the patriarchal norm. Mm, that's really powerful. I feel like there's some there's some deep wisdom in everything that you're sharing there. Thank you for sharing that. One question came up for me as you were talking, because I think that this is something that I'm sometimes good at and sometimes I struggle at, is that when you're holding space for that person and they're being there, like they're the center, right, in this scenario that you're talking about. And I agree, it, can, it should go both ways at different times. But when you're holding space for that person, how do you deal with the mistakes that you see that person making? Do you let that happen and you just hold the protective space or do you intervene and try to adjust for the benefit of that person? Sometimes there's like an intention over impact. Hello, you are the one that just allows for mistakes to happen and lifts me up. I'm the one that comes in with the corrections because I'm like, we need to fix this now and correct this so that as he moves forward, he won't make that mistake again. Well... <laughs> Yes, I think that that is generally true in our relationship. I guess I'm more curious of a conversation on when do you interject and when don't you? I think that's it's a, just it, it's it, an interesting balance no, but of space like, holding I think and I'm that, trying to figure it out. I think that that what gosh, I mean, this could go this. I've got two streams of consciousness and they're I feel like this is an episode you have a lot of knowledge on. So I'm really curious. Well, and I don't want to dominate the conversation. I, I think it's the, the first of all, the, if you're looking for an energetic balance, it's really important that you recognize like, am I wanting to intervene and what's going on here? Am I wanting to change this person because they're not actually the right person for me? Or am I just like desperately trying to help them along because I really believe in them and, and I really think that they're on the right path. And so for one, I think it's an internal noticing, but no, I mean, I think it's a hysterical question because you live by the value that you should just support, bring positive regard and support, positive reinforcement and support, and that that's the best way to help somebody change. And it has helped me change and grow. And I struggle with, I would call this a struggle with interjecting with solutions too soon, not letting the person come to their own process, which then creates this sense for you, like, oh gosh, I did it wrong. It's just like kind of stops person in, the, in their tracks. I don't know if this is what you're asking or if this is an appropriate time to bring this through, but I, I want to talk about something because I know I've seen couples thriving through the pandemic and some not. And there's a curiosity for me because there's a lot of strength in some of the couples that haven't made it through the pandemic intact as a relationship. And I think about what was going on beneath the surface that that happened. And, and was that, would that have happened anyways? Or was it because things were brought to light during this time? But I think one of the, the things that is the most common, because this is how the human brain and body is designed, is around ego. You know, you don't want to destroy the ego because the ego is protective and it is biologically a very sophisticated, necessary part of the human body and psyche because, again, it protects. It's looking for threat and it's adjusting accordingly. But what happens is, is ego gets inflated. And I think one of the things that I see in a lot, a lot of men is this thing that I've said before, an egomaniac with a self-esteem problem. I feel like I've also experienced this myself in my life. At my lowest points, 
it's when I puff myself up trying to be my greatest and trying to prove to mostly myself how okay and great I really am. And I see this unconsciously in a lot of men. It's like, you're not doing great. You haven't dealt with your problems. You haven't really looked into your yourself and your needs. And yet you, you really think that you know it all. You think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. And it's not humble. It's the opposite of humble. Then you get this kind of conflated sense of like, I'm, I'm out there and I'm leading the world, right? And we're seeing this a lot in guru culture culture and pretty much anywhere that men are leading, not like guru or otherwise, business world, etc. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just love that, that that our first example is guru culture like, <laughs> to the average person. That's like example number 527, but we're like leading with the guru. What's your, well, it's a great example. What's your too. first example? I don't know. I know. Well, I would say it just shows up a lot because I operate in this world in politics. Okay. You know, okay. It's all these men who haven't actually dealt with these things, but then they think they know everything. And yeah. it's the same, same scenario. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's funny. Or guru. Well, yeah. that's funny because I mean, I, you know, at this point we've got a lot of like yoga, it's, you know, it's very mainstream now and that's kind of guru and whatever that's funny that's uh, it's really it's funny. i mean it's we could go deep down that rabbit no, hole no 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 yeah but but we don't need to because it's in politics too right and so then this dysfunction comes through and this lack of understanding and sensitivity and lack of humility comes through because egomaniacs with self-esteem problems and the the self-esteem problem isn't always recognizable to people neither the egomaniac piece but i think that that's what that's like what the patriarchy has bred ooh it's really powerful yeah. And it's not strength. That's the problem is like that you talk about this a lot in your work. It's like patriarchal culture has not actually benefited men, period. It has given them privilege and power, but it's not actually benefited them. Yeah. I mean, to paraphrase the words of the recently passed Bell Hook, patriarchy has ripped men from their spirits. She talks about how it doesn't settle until men are completely severed from their emotional spirit, that it doesn't stop. Only then can they truly participate in it. I offer up some reflections on that. I think you are exactly right. And I do think that, as you're saying, it's a symptom of patriarchal culture. And that analysis is so profound. I feel like we should, you know, find ways to talk about it more. I do want to bring it back to this kind of space holding conversation and how you see that playing out in kind of maybe our relationship going forward, like how we hold space for each other, areas that we're good at doing it and areas where we need improvement. Yeah. First of all, I think there's a lot of trust that has to be built in order to hold space. Mm, like That's very true. For yeah. example, in my life, when I see friends or people, you know, you get a feeling of like, nervousness or excitement and and it's kind of based on like hoping that they're going to succeed and maybe you have an opinion like ooh this ooh I hope this one works out for them. When I think about you, I believe so wholeheartedly that you can do anything that you want. And so I have deep trust that you can do that. In trusting you, it helps me to support you in the process and my hope is you have had lots of visions and ideas in your life and they've ebbed and flowed in potency. And my goal has been to hold you accountable when you've asked and support you when you engage with your passions and help to create space so that you can do that. Then comes in the times when I've tried to correct you or push you and that has not worked. When it comes to me, 
you've done an incredible job of supporting me and my passions. And I have also taken a very windy road in the process and you've done nothing but support me throughout that entire process. I don't know which is better. It's taken me a long time to get to my dreams and goals. Yeah. You kind of brought up something there for me that I think occurs in our relationship. Number one, I do actually think both of us, we we do it a little differently, but both of us are very good at supporting the person's bigger picture visions and dreams and goals and aspirations. I really do believe that we're good in that. I think where we struggle sometimes are the day-to-day things. And So, for example, you've brought up recently that you're feeling like when you suggest things to me, let's just give an example like, hey, I want to go on a walk. You want to go on a walk that I will respond in this kind of begrudging style of, well, I don't know, you know, and and, and it not really reinforce you, it not support you in that moment. I also think that there's probably examples I'm not going to go into the other side. But so I think that's an area of growth for us in where we both can kind of become more supportive or find a way to interact in deep trust, as you're saying, to build these smaller things, these day-to-day kind of support things. I want to do this, or I made this decision. I support that kind of, and also intertwine feedback and boundaries as well, because those, in my opinion, are foundation building for the bigger aspirational things. Like if we don't feel supported Either one of us in our day-to-day ideas, happenings, actions by the other person, then it's going to be much more difficult to feel supported in the bigger visionary things that we want to do with our lives. And something that's happening right now because we're in our first year of having had a baby is where we used to be able to flow with each other's wants and needs, in my opinion, if I'm looking back correctly, better. No, I think, yeah, I see where you're going. I, yeah. That, you know, right Right now, we're dealing with additional stressors, a lot of focus and attention on the baby, constantly needing to do to do's, businesses growing, lots of things going on. And that has created a lot of dress and inability to show up for the other person in the day to day things. And we talked about this yesterday. When you're really excited for life and ready to do something, I'm often experiencing some form of overwhelm or sadness. I've experienced a ton of grief this year. And then when I'm really excited to do something, what happens? <laughs> well, yesterday you said you fall asleep. No. Which Metaphorically I, yeah. and well, truly. I think, I think for me, I become... What, so overwhelm. Yeah, so it's, it's a little bit of overwhelm. What happens with me is... I feel such a, a strong pull to, I'm so task oriented sometimes. And we've talked about this, like I get on these kind of tracks that when you suggest something that diverges from that, I just have such a hard time. And because of the newborn dynamic and the, all the growth that you just mentioned, those tracks are more deeply ingrained for me. And so it's much even harder to get off of those. It's much harder for me to be, I mean, I'm flexible, but I'm not flexible, can't make a quick turn. I have not found you to be flexible. That is actually really something that I think that you used to be really good at. And that is true. I don't think you're as flexible. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. That's, and I that's don't think, I and I don't think that I have as much capacity for life. Feel like my window of resilience is really much smaller. And then the, the other thing in the day to day stuff, I find that that's where that kind of triggers me the most. It's like when the day to day experience is 
struggle, 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 struggle. It's, it does. It triggers something in me. Oh my gosh, where's our relationship? Is it doing okay? Are we ever going to have what we had before the baby? Is this person happy? Are we happy? Are we glad that we made this decision to start a family? Like all of these big questions come up for me in the day-to-day stuff. And it reminded me that I have a lot of day-to-day needs. Never thought about like how important it was to get sleep every single night, every single day. And then, you know, you have a baby and you get a couple of days with some interrupted sleep and you're like, oh, it's so basic. And I took it for granted. The important thing is that we understand that, that we're having those experiences and then we do something about them. So when I think about your friend looking for a partner, I yeah. think about the only way that it's going to work is to recognize recognize where one is on that energetic spectrum like be that person and all people need to be realistic they want a spectacular person are they behaving in spectacular ways and it is not and where does ego in, play into all that as you were talking about yeah, before it's yeah. not in your own freaking head right, right right we don't see ourselves clearly we need reflections so when your friend's like i'm spectacular Check in with a friend, check in with a mentor, check in with a therapist, check in with a a group of people. How do you see me? Don't just exist in your own bubble. Yeah, that you think you're spectacular. You may be, you may not be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I thought I was real spectacular than I met you and I got a little humbled. In some ways, I'm more spectacular than I ever realized. And you've really reinforced that in other ways. I recognize very clearly where I have areas of growth. And that is because of a reflection to you. And don't give friends that like just tell you you're great just for the sake of it because they're afraid to tell you the truth. Preach. Well, I was just thinking like how nice it is to have friends that lift you up. But it's also really nice when friends say to you, like I had some friends say to me recently, like you are a lot and that is a great thing about you. But I heard that. I am a lot. Yeah. Thanks for being vulnerable. And I think you have such wisdom in this area because you have done so much self-reflection and work. So I, I really learned so much from you and see you as a guide in this. And just thank you. I love you so much. All right. Thanks for listening, y'all. We love you. Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.